desperation. God is doing a reset, and Millie whispered in my ear just a bit ago. The service is kind of, you know, reminded, yeah, things are, we have a, you know what, what happened this morning, that was not part of my order of service. It was his, okay. And um, God wants us to respond to what he's speaking in these days. We've seen a lot of shaking. We've seen a lot of craziness. We've seen a lot of chaos, disorganization. There's a lot of division going on. But God is speaking very, very I think he's speaking clearly, and he's beginning to download and to impart some strategies into us. I want to read from Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 35, but I want to talk about this reset. And what I see is this reset uh, that's, that's going on. Luke 18, starting in verse 35. Now, as Yeshua was approaching Jericho... <clears throat> A certain blind man was sitting by the road, begging. But when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him that Yeshua Hatsanarit, Yeshua the Nazarene, was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Yeshua ben David, have mercy on me. And those leading the way were scolding him so he would be quiet. But he kept shouting all the more, Ben David, have mercy on me. So Yeshua stopped and ordered the blind man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Yeshua asked him, what do you want me to do for you? I'm going to come back to that question in a few minutes. What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Master, I want to, be, I want to see again. Yeshua said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately the man received his sight and began following Yeshua, glorifying God. When all the people saw it, they also gave praise to God. What do you want me to do for you? Yeshua is still asking that. He's asking that to you personally. What do you need fixed in your personal life, your family, your ministry, in this country? I know he's speaking a lot about, he's showing us some broken stuff broken things in this country, and he wants us to speak out. What do you, He wants us to answer that question. What do you want me to do for you? And I love this, this picture of the blind man. First of all, Yeshua is going down to Jericho. And you know, from Jerusalem to Jericho, it's, it's all downhill. And um, it, it's kind of an interesting walk. And I don't know if this is his first time that he was there, but he's there, and he's, he's hearing all this noise going on. What's going on? What's going on? They're saying, Yeshua from Nazareth is here. He obviously had heard about Yeshua. The name of Yeshua had been all over Samaria and Judea and Israel, all over. They'd been hearing about it. But it's interesting what he calls him, Ben David. That name, Ben David, is that, that name of authority, son of David. He recognized He'd never seen Yeshua, never actually seen Yeshua. He'd never seen before. He never had, he was blind. But yet he recognized this, that this was a man of authority. And so he's yelling out, Ben, Yeshua, Ben, David, have mercy on me. But the leaders were saying, shut up, man. Don't make a scene. Be quiet. Don't be so rude. Be civil. Be quiet. You know, Yeshua always responds to those who are quiet, 
never, never make a scene, right? And so these guys were, and these were the leaders. They're saying, don't, 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 don't disturb the master. Don't you know what he's, he's coming here to do some great things. Don't, but he all the more louder, Ben David, have mercy on me. And Yeshua recognized and affirmed his faith and healed him. He stopped where he was at because he sensed this guy was hungry for something. He wanted an answer. And he said, your sight, because of your faith, receive your sight. And he did immediately. And everybody gave praise and glory. I don't know what the leaders did. If they were embarrassed or whatever, but, you know, they probably went on to the next. Oh, well, missed it on that one again. But I think what Yeshua, what God is speaking to us today is to pray and belief for solutions to the chaos and the corruption that you are seeing around you. God is saying, what do you want me to do? And be specific when you pray. See, a lot of us, you know, oh, Lord, just move. Okay. But what area does you want him to move in? Be specific and have faith to believe. That word faith in Hebrew, and we all know this, emunah, emunah. We get the, root, the, the word amen, emunah. It means to trust, to have confidence, and a devotion to. It's more than just faith. or, or it, it, it includes trust and allegiance and devotion. So when we pray in faith, it's praying with urgency. And anybody sense that the time is, there's, a, there's an urgency right now that we'd be praying. Be urgent in your prayer and be consistent and to pray with understanding and also to pray in the Spirit. To pray with understanding. Pray about what you know. Use the words that you have, but also pray in the Spirit. You know, God, you know, out of our innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. He wants us to pray in the Spirit. If you have a, if you have a tongue, pray in your tongue. Pray even more now than you have in the past. And you know what? If you do that, people are going to tell you to be quiet. People are going to tell you to be quiet. You know, that's out of order. Especially, you know what? Your inner voice. Your inner voice. Don't make cause a scene. Be courteous. Go along to get along. Let me ask you a question. How has that worked out for us in the church? Let's go along. Let's just go along to get along. You see, the blind man, he shouted even louder. He was not going to be denied. He had a need, a specific need. Are we desperate enough for our families and for this country? Are we desperate enough for this country? I'll tell you what, you know, we've been going out to the Capitol and, and praying because we want to see a change. And we believe that prayer moves God to, to move things. He wants us to partner with him. We were out there the other day. There's just a few of us out there, Laura and David and me. We're out there at the Capitol, and we're praying. And, and it was, was kind of cool because this man walks up, very well-dressed man, wearing a suit. And I thought he, would write, he was a legislator or something. He was one of the senators or congressmen or whatever. I don't know. And so he, I had my shofar, and he says, is that a shofar? And I said, what do you think it is, man? What are you, dumb? No. I said, well, it is. It is. And he comes up to us, and, um, and we start talking to him. And he was a lawyer for, he wasn't a congress, 
he was an assemblyman or a senator, but he was a lawyer for the for them. And uh, we was talking to him, and he knew what a shofar was. It turns out he's a Jewish lawyer. Ah, what? Go figure. A Jewish lawyer. And <laughs> this is not the entry to a joke. Did you hear about the Jewish lawyer? That <laughs> Kent, we were going to pray for you. We're going to pray next week for you. I know we're going to, yeah. But, um. And so uh, we just started talking, a little conversation, and we asked him, can we pray for you? And he said, sure. And then he was kind of like, well, how do you guys pray? He was asking us, how do we pray? <laughs> and so, we, you know, I knew he was being Jewish. I didn't want to say right away, Jesus. But I said, we pray in the name of, the, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. And we prayed over that man. He asked, you know, he asked first to pray over his family. God is going to bring, bring people into your lives. And we need to be those being quick to be just, God, okay, I don't know what to say. I'll let you give me the words to say and be faithful in what God is saying. It's, it's going to be happening more. And so we prayed for this man. His name is Bob. Matter of fact, let's pray for Bob right now. Bob the lawyer. Bob the Jewish lawyer. Bob, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, we pray for Bob. We pray for his family, and we pray that you would draw him to yourself during this season, Lord. There is obviously a curiosity there. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bring him as one of your sons. Bring him back to you in Yeshua's name. Amen. And then after we prayed for him, he said, yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, Mary Lou says, here you hold this so I can do my watch. It's Mary Lou. I'm sorry I had to leave. Wait, this is the wrong one. Da, 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 da. I know. Well, I had it. Okay, we are at Lutheran. It keeps talking. Let me get my phone. Yeah, it's probably the best thing to do. Denise, I know you're visiting for the first time. We're not always like this, but yeah, we are always kind of like this. <laughs> We're family. Okay, so we are at Lutheran now in ER room 49. Gloria asked me if you would put her on the prayer list. The EMTs told Gloria they suspect she may have had a mini stroke. We'll be doing a brain MRI blood work done, but no results yet. According to the nurse, Gloria will be admitted for observation, her nurse also said a mini stroke can be a warning sign for a major stroke. Haven't been able to get hold of her daughter yet. She's leaving a message for her son-in-law regarding her car at the church. Her daughter is now en route to L Lutheran. Correction, she is scheduled for a CAT scan, not an MRI. She had an EKG done. Don't have the results for that yet. Well, Lord, we just uh, continue to pray for Gloria, Lord, for complete 
healing in her body, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that it was caught in time and that she's where she's supposed to be right now. So, Lord, you complete the work that you began in her, a good work of healing in Yeshua's name. Amen. Continue to pray for glory. And this could be, you know, reconciliation between her and her daughter. This could be part of that. God works in those ways. So, hallelujah. She's already on our list, so we'll keep her in our prayer. So as I was saying, this, this blind man was not going to be denied. Are we desperate enough for our families? How many have got issues in your families? You got issues, okay? Yeah. You keep on with a sense of urgency, praying in that emunah, in that faith. Be desperate enough for our families and for this country. You know, I was listening to, to last week we were at the Women's Aglow Conference and Dutch Sheets was one of the speakers and Lance Wallnow. And both of them basically said, God is not through with this country. God is not through with this nation. But he wants, we have a role to play as the church, the ecclesia, to, to, to move in the authority that God's given us. He is not through with this nation. Even though things look kind of dark, he is not through. But the interesting thing about Yeshua, he was on his way to Jericho to do ministry. And we're going to continue to pray for that, that bronch, break that bronchitis off of her. But he had many things to do, but he's always attracted to the hungry. Did you notice that? If you read through the scriptures, those who are the most desperate, he's attracted to them. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. Came through the crowd. Yeshua sensed something had left him. Power into her. Brought healing into her after how many years? Twelve years? Zacchaeus, the tax collector, not a very popular guy in Israel for the day. And yet he was so desperate and hungry. And Yeshua recognized him and invited himself over for lunch. Jairus, the synagogue ruler, his daughter was desperately sick at the point of death. Actually, she had, he had just been, she had died. And yet he was trying to get through to Yeshua, through the crowds. And Yeshua went to him, and he went to the house and raised his daughter from the death, from dead, from the dead. And then there's the woman with the alabaster jar. In the place, you know, the, the, the Pharisees were sitting around. Don't you know who this woman is? She's a prostitute. Don't you know she's a sinner? She's had a bad life. Yeshua, and you're just, you know, letting her do this? And Yeshua was attracted to her, this lady, and she broke that alabaster jar because of her love and her worship, and she would not be denied. She would not be denied. She was hungry for Yeshua. He wants us to be that hungry for us. No, I'm not talking about being, well, I need to get up and, and go to congregation. I've got to go to, go to church. I've got to do my five minutes, my 15 minutes of prayer. He wants us to be hungry for his presence more than any, any other time before. And the interesting thing is when he asked the blind man, what did he want? He was very specific. He didn't say, well, I just kind of, you know, I would like to know God better. I would like to, I'm blind. I want my, I want to see. And... And God, Yeshua, because of his faith, healed him right there. 
The world needs us to show up right now. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the church, the body of Messiah. We may be few in numbers. Today we're a little bit fewer than we're normal, but I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about he needs his body, his bride to show up. Unless the kingdom come, the devil won't go. What do I mean by that? The kingdom is where? It's in us, okay? Not in its fullness yet, but the kingdom is living inside of us. The authority that we have in Messiah, most of us don't even realize the authority that we have in Messiah. When we start moving in that authority, that's when the kingdom comes. The devil, he will go then. But until then, he's going to play around. That's what he does. He messes around. He causes death, destruction. That's what he came to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, we are carriers of an anointing. See, my own sister-in-law walks out on me. No, I'm just kidding. We are carriers of an anointing. We have a deposit of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh in us. But the kingdom is in us. We have a, a, a carrier of an anointing to live and to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to Bob, to the Bobs that come into your life, wherever they may be. In every circumstance, that's how we show up. We bring our faith. We bring our understanding of God. We bring his words. We bring his confidence, his authority into whatever situation you may be facing. Glory was having an issue this morning. And we're like, okay, we're going to pray for her. Okay, what do we do? Aspirin. And you know what? That's a good thing to do. If somebody you sense is having a stroke, take an aspirin. Okay, but you do it. And then we don't Okay, we, 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 we pray, but we also, you know what? She probably needs to get to the hospital. That's what I mean. We show up and we do those things. You see, we need to walk. We need to live our lives in such a way that the devil will realize that we are mission-focused. And each of us has a calling on our lives. Each of us has an anointing. Each of us has giftings. And a specific role to play in the body. We're mission focused. Don't lose sight of what the mission is. Because the devil, if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're about, you don't know what you're doing, he's going to be harassing you and he's going to render you useless. But if we're mission focused, we're not going to let, we're not going to turn to the right or to the left, be distracted from this. You know what? He will just, he's like, oh, I'm going to back off from this guy. I want to share something, and I know it's, there's a little bit of controversy around this. I have no idea why. I can uh, kind of guess, but I want to talk about something today, and, and I've, I've been kind of into this, and, and I've heard about it for many years, probably 30-plus years. It's called the Seven Mountains, and I'm going to use that term, and please don't turn me off right now because you've heard the term seven mountains. You think I'm a dominionist. We've got to take over these areas and then Jesus comes back. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But, and it wasn't just Lance Wall. Now there's many others that John Dawson, I've heard teachers and I believe that the, that there are seven areas in every society, culture around the world that you can identify that every culture has at least seven has these seven areas that affects life in those cultures. The first one would, well, and there's not in any particular order, but family, 
Every culture you've been to has a family structure. Second would be religion. There's a form of religion. Even atheism is a religion. So if you go to a communist country, they have a religion. It's called atheism. There is no God. But they have a firm belief and faith in that. Every country has, every culture has an educational system. It may be home teaching or, or it may be in government schools, but there's an education. And then there's government. Every culture has government. Every culture has a marketplace. They have business people that operate in that realm. And every marketplace has arts and entertainment. You go to the Philippines or you go to Vietnam or you go to, to Switzerland and they have arts and entertainment for their culture. And also the media. Okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Making, but see, every... But here's the problem is that for many years, for decades, for decades, Christians and believers have pulled out of those areas because we've looked and we said, oh, man, look at the evil there. Let's look at the evil. Look at the evil. Look at the evil. So let's not get involved in government. Let's not get involved with our schools. And look what's happened. You see, the areas where the gates of hell have solidified to put us out of work They've come into the media. They've come into education. They've come into the government. They've come into arts and entertainment. And we can sit there and point fingers at them, but God is saying, I want you to impact those areas. Let me just take the area of, of the marketplace. I'm going to embarrass you, Russ. Russ, is a, he's, he's, he's got artistic abilities, but he's also a businessman. And I know that, you know, over the years, especially in the last couple of years, it's not been an easy task to, to run a business in the middle of COVID, has it, Russ? But you've persevered. And he, it's very important for him to run his business, Siri and Russ and their family business, Red Canoe. It's very important for them to, to run their business from a kingdom perspective. There are things that he won't do because it goes against his faith. And other people who will be doing business with him, he will let them know that. I know that of this man. See, that's where he's taking his, his faith and putting it to work in the marketplace. Does that mean it's going to all go easy? Is he a millionaire yet? Are you a millionaire yet, bro? He's <laughs> but, see, he's being faithful in that calling that he has on his life. Kent, he works in government. And he, I know this, and... and, and guys that we, we've gotten to know him, he has a faith in, in what he does and it carries into his work. And every one of us, whether you're a teacher, I know Patricia, that's your calling, you were a principal. You're a teacher and a principal. You br There's been this, this movement over the last 50, 60 years to, well, you can't share your faith in what you do. You has, there has to be a separation between what you do and your faith. Well, I don't see that anywhere in the scriptures. That's where God is saying he wants us to show up wherever we're at, whether it's working in your, as an engineer or whether it's working in, in the medical field or whatever it may be, you show up as who you are who God has made you to be. See, we all have an assignment. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are of God's making, created in union with the Messiah Yeshua for a life of good actions, already prepared by God for us to do. He knew us even before we were 
came into existence. He had plans for us that only you can do. He's created us to walk into those, those, those actions, that, that work, that calling that he's created for you to do. See, we all have giftings and abilities and desires. And we have an authority because Yeshua, his Holy Spirit is living in us. We have a mandate from Yeshua to complete the task given us. I'm moving rather quickly here. Um, I'll skip over that. I'll skip over that. I, yeah, I'm not going to skip over this. I believe that, you know, he is renewing our minds. We, you know, we, we talked about Romans 12, 2 says, In other words, do not let yourselves be conformed to the standards of the Olam Jose to, the, to this world. How do we let ourselves be conformed to the world? A lot of ways. Sometimes we say we're too old or too young or we're too woman or we're too man. We're to this. We're to that. Don't be conformed by that mindset. Instead, keep letting yourselves. It says keep letting yourselves. This is a progressive word. Keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what God wants and will agree that what he wants is good, satisfying, and able to succeed being transformed in the renewing of our mind. You see, our soul matures. It becomes more like Yeshua, but it does not age. How many of us are feeling the age in our bodies? Okay, yeah, you know, our bodies age. Well, you know what? We're not taking this into glory. We got, I got good news is we got a, we're going to get a whole new body. But you know what? Our soul... Our soul we do bring into glory. And it is in the process of being matured as we look more like Yeshua. We resemble him more. We'll, re we'll, we'll know each other. We'll know each other in, in, in heaven because of our soul. You know, we might have some re resemblance to our bodies, but, but it's going to be a new glorified body, but our souls mature, become more like Yeshua. You know what your greatest argument against death is? And listen to this carefully. Your greatest argument against death is that I have an unfinished assignment. If we all realized we have an assignment to do, and it doesn't matter. Okay, let's take Gloria, for example. I've gotten to know Gloria over the last couple of years. And she won't mind me saying this. She's in her 80s. And God has given her heart for youth, for young people. And she is, she's an incredible lady, if you haven't got to know her. And, and so most people might say, well, you know what, you're, you're 83 years old. You know, we need to got a heart for youth. What are you going to do with young people? And she says, I don't know. I want to do a stadium event for young people that thousands and thousands of people will go to Empowerment Field, Bronco Stadium, for you in that place. Is gonna, she has a vision to see that place filled with young people. So what do we do? Yeshua's walking by. What do you want me to do for you? What do we do? In Luke 21, 28, out of the complete Jewish Bible, let me tell you a little bit of the context. It's just before the Passover. Yeshua and his disciples are in Jerusalem. They're walking around at the temple, and they're all just remarking to Yeshua, 
aren't these, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this temple? Isn't it just, just awesome? Isn't it just amazing? And you should, you know what? Every, rock, every stone here is going to be destroyed. This, this place is going to be destroyed. And they're like, hmm, wow, you know something we don't know. Tell us what's going to happen in these, what, what's going to happen? And he goes on and he, and he basically tells them how the temple's going to be destroyed. And, and he goes on and talks about the signs that are going to take place and to show the things that are about to happen. And he says, don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be revolutions. There's going to be all of these things. But this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I think we've entered into that beginning. I think we've entered into that beginning. We're not at the end yet. And then he says this in verse 28 of Luke 21. Now, when these things start to happen, stand up. Hold your heads up high. In other words, actually look up high because you are about to be liberated. I love that wording. It, it doesn't say it in there, but in the complete Jewish Bible, it says you are about to be liberated when we look up and we focus on Yeshua. Don't focus on the chaos around us. There's a lot of chaos going on around us. But this has been prophesied. Yeshua just... He goes on, and I'm going to read in a little bit. He reads all these things that are going to be taking place, but don't be deceived. Don't be fooled. These things need to take place, but look up, because that means your liberation is coming really, really soon. So don't be focused on all the shaking that's going on. Observe it. Don't, be, don't stick your head in the sand like the, the ostrich, but don't become so fascinated and overwhelmed by it. Stand up and look and see beyond the events. I just want to talk for a few minutes and then I'll wrap things up here. You know what that means? And then just don't go anywhere. Look up. He's literally figuratively, figuratively not just figuratively, but actually looking up. I believe in the scriptures, it talks about the heavens. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 1, it says the heavens, plural, Hashemayim, the, the heavens, that's a plural, and the earth, one earth. That talks about there's heavens, there's different heaven, heavens. We all know that there's a third heaven. It says so in the scriptures. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Shaul, Paul, was talking about this. He says, I know a man in Messiah. Whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. 14 years ago, he was caught up to the third heaven. So we know there's a third heaven, and also this is the place where God dwells, okay? So he was caught up, and he, he met with Yeshua in that place of the third heaven. God commissioned, there was this dialogue taking, we don't know that much, Paul says it, third heaven, okay? So we can infer from that, as infer imply, infer that there's a second heaven and a first heaven. The second heaven, I believe the scriptures talk about this is the place, this is the realm of the stars and the planets and the atmosphere that we live in. In Ephesians 2.2, 2, it says, At that time you walked in the way of the world in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air. Who is that? Satan. Okay? To the rulers of the domain of the air. The ruler of the spirit who is now operating the souls of disobedience. And so we'll call that the second heaven, the realm of the stars, planets, the atmosphere. And we know that the devil has authority in that when we give it to him. And then the first heaven would be the heaven-bound, 
situation. So we heard this today, and Patricia's word is that God is building, and when I've been speaking about God is building his house now. He is building his house according to his plans. We're to be a house of prayer. We're to be a house in one accord, a house in unity, Jew and Gentile together with a kingdom mindset, which means we have to be aware of this heavenly perspective and the spiritual warfare that we're involved in. You see, when we desire to see his kingdom come, when we say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe it's literally taking the things from heaven and bringing them here on planet earth into this, to this realm. So where we desire to see his kingdom come in power and in signs and miracles, this is how we finish the task that he's given us. This is how we walk in authority. And each of us has authority from God. It's not based on how old you are, how young you are, how this you are, how that you are. We all have authority because the same spirit, actually the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead is living inside of us. He's living inside of Kent. He's living inside of Devore. He's living inside of all of us. And so that same authority we have. This is what's taking place in the spirit. Hell is being pushed down to earth as heaven is getting nearer to earth. You're probably thinking about when Yeshua says, look up, in other words, focus on the things above. When we start bringing those things into, it goes through the second heaven, puts pressure on the second heaven where the devil and he, all of his demons and all of his acolytes are. And they're, guess where they're coming? They're coming down. They're being re I believe they're being released on earth. So when we see all these things happening, it's because there is a demonic presence that has been released on earth because God is getting ready to come soon. I don't know when. That may be 10 years. It may be 50 years. It may be 100 years. It may be two weeks. I don't know. But he's, hell is being pushed down into earth right now. So we should not be surprised and overcome but what we are seeing, we need to see beyond the shaking to who's behind the shaking. The shaking, Yeshua is bringing the shaking. If you look into the shaking and you focus on the shaking, that's where the devil and all of his demons are. And we know what the result of that is. It's fear. And fear has been released on steroids. This whole thing about vaccines and about COVID, talk about fear. Talk about all these things being released. It's on steroids being released. So we shouldn't be surprised. And, you know, but, but this is what God is saying. And this is what, let me, Luke 21. Turn to Luke 21, starting in verse 8, and we'll bring it to a close. And you know what that means. It just doesn't mean anything. Verse 8 says, and he said, watch out that you are not led astray. It's basically, he's, he's, he's still in the same discourse as he was a few chapters earlier in Luke 18. Watch out that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name. Believers, pastors, leaders, in his name. Saying, I am he. In other words, they'll be saying, yeah, he, Yeshua is Yeshua. And the time is near. Do not follow them. And when you hear of wars and chaos, do not be terrorized, for these things need to happen first. They need to happen first. 
but the end will not come at once. Oh, man, we wish it would come like now. It was not going to come at once. Then he continued telling them, nation will rise up against nation. And, you know, nation, we think of nation as the United States, Mexico, Canada, but nations is actually ethnos, the Greek word ethnos, or the goyim, the nations. It's people groups. There's people groups. And are nations, are people groups rising against people groups? And kingdom against kingdom? Have you ever seen so much division as you have just in the last couple of years? Look at all the division against this people, against that people. Black, brown, yellow, green. We're all against one another. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes along with famines and epidemics in various places. Wow. And there will be terrors along with great signs from heavens. From heaven. But before all these things, they will grab you and persecute you, handing you over to the synagogues and the prisons, and leading you away to kings and governors on account of my name. This will lead you to be a witness. Oh, I love that. You want to be a witness for the Lord? Well, they might, you know, take you away to prison, and you might have no choice but to be a witness. But don't worry, because then he says, don't. So make up your minds not to prepare ahead of time to defend yourselves, for I myself will give you speech and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Wow. But you know what comes first is the persecution. But we spend so much time of our energy trying to avoid that kind of stuff. And yet it's going to happen. But you, will be, but you will be handed over even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. We're seeing the beginnings of that, even with this stuff with going on with vaccinations and all that, being turned out, turned over, you know, being, you know, just, it's like, oh, my, it's crazy. And you will be hated by all because of my name. And eventually it's going to come down to the believers are going to be hated by the world. This is, this, is, this is what's going to be happening. We shouldn't be surprised by this. Yet not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Yeshua warns us of these days. He says, do not fear or lose hope. All these things need to take place. If you don't look at what's behind the shaking, Yeshua, you'll focus on the shaking itself. And you'll come under that fear that the devil wants you to walk in. And the result will be depression, discouragement, hopelessness, abdication of our authority and our destiny and our purpose. God wants us to be consistent, urgent in our prayer, and to not lose hope during these days. Hell knows its time is over, and that's what's happening. Hell knows its, time's, its, its time is over. That is why we're seeing so much evil and chaos and lack of authority in our institutions. Our institutions don't know what to do anymore. I just want to finish with this scripture. Wendy, if we can get ready, we're going to close with a worship song and revelation. 21. I love this. Revelation 21. Verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. First, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw also the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her, 
for her husband. And that's what God is doing. We're his bride. He's adorning us, preparing us for himself. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men. He is coming to dwell among us. And he shall tabernacle among them. We just finished the Feast of Sukkot, tabernacles. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. Just stand. It's time for us, as we're being prepared as his bride, to reclaim lost territory. To walk in the authority that he's given us. Whatever of those seven mountains, business, marketplace, arts and entertainment, government, education, all of us are involved, in, at least in the family. I'm involved in the church, and I have a role to play here. Take back lost territory. Don't abdicate any longer. Do battle in the spirit realm. God is calling us, you know, whether it's to go to the capital on a weekly basis and pray there at home, to go to places. It, it increased, ramp up that level of prayer and intercession, spiritual warfare, because that's what it is. Engage with people also as those who God loves and wants to deliver from the coming calamities. Each of us has, we come into contact with people. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit and how you're to talk with them and, and listen to them. Have ears to hear what people are saying. The bobs of the world come up to you and they want to know something. They're curious about something. Don't automatically just force the Bible down on them. Just, just be real to them. Ask them questions. And if nothing else, just pray for people. And the more prayer, the more we're being who God's called us to be, I believe people are going to be coming into the kingdom big time. There's going to be a great revival in these end days. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.